Hello and welcome to Ask Me About K-Pop, the essential guide for recent converts and seasoned fans alike. My name is Shannon and I'm going to be your host today all by myself. Angelica couldn't be with us today. So since I am alone today and have no co-host, I was trying to think of things that I could talk about that I didn't need her for because I do need her, but uh, I needed to do an episode alone today. So Uh, I was thinking about things like trying to imagine myself back when I was like a brand new K-pop fan and like, what are things that I wanted to know when I was a new K-pop fan? And I think that this particular thing does come up a lot for uh, international or non-Korean fans that find themselves immersed in this world of K-pop. And I guess the main question is like, should I learn to speak Korean? Um, or just like having general curiosities about it, because that is certainly a different part of being a K-pop fan is that all of it is in a different language um, and one that you most likely don't speak. Um, but like, you know, I think the curiosity gets the best of you sometimes. I was trying to remember like how I decided to try to learn to speak Korean. And I feel like... It was something simple like, oh, I know what it was. I wanted to paint my nails special um, and put – I'd figured out – I'd learned this new technique where you could like print out a tiny picture and like put it on your nail and seal it in with clear nail polish or whatever. And so I wanted to make like Mino nails and I wanted to learn how to write his name. Um, And so I like looked it up and then, you know, was just kind of generally curious about like, well, how does all of this work? Um, And it kind of snowballed from there into this like many year process of trying to learn another language, which is not an easy thing to do. So because I have been learning to speak Korean for the majority of like four years now on and off with varying degrees of, you know, intense intensity of how much I am studying or not studying. Um, but I thought that I could like share some tips, like from somebody who is in the process of learning Korean, like how I feel about that and like how I could possibly help you, the listener, if you have any curiosities about learning another language. Um, I personally am not great with languages. Uh, in high school, I was taught Spanish by fo- like our Spanish teacher was a football coach who did not speak Spanish and didn't want to be teaching, but had to. So like that was a slack off class. He just played movies a lot. And then in college, I tried to take French and I failed it three times in a row. And at one point, the professor was just like, you should probably give this up. Uh, so I didn't think I would ever at any point be learning to speak another language like again. Um, but I, my love for K-pop is so intense that like, you know, it inspired me to, to actually try. So I want to give you guys some tips if you also feel like actually trying. So here we go. Uh, first things first, absolutely first, like you can't not do this. You must learn to read Hangul. And Hangul is the name of the Korean alphabet. That's what you call it. Um, uh, actually, interesting history. Uh, it was created under King Sejong during the Choson Dynasty, which was from the 1300s to the 1900s. Um, in 1446, uh, it was proclaimed the, the official language um, because at the time, uh, Korean people 
a lot of them did not know how to read and write. Like, you know, that as things go through history, usually that's kind of like a, an elite thing to be able to read and write. Um, but Korean people used this sort of version of Chinese called Hanja to write Korean. Um, but because it was Chinese alphabet, it didn't really apply to Korean very easily. Um, and so this King Sejong like wanted to make something that was accessible to everyone that like everyone could learn. Um, and that went specifically with the Korean language. Um, so Hangul is like recognized around the world as being one of the most like logical alphabets that there is. Um, there are very, very few, you know, pronunciation exceptions. It's very, it's very, very logical. Um, and it's not hard to learn. Um, so I think, like, honestly, if you do it, if you are committed, you can learn to read Korean in like an hour for real. I'm not kidding. Like, it really doesn't take that much. It's just like memorizing shapes um, and seeing how they go together. And the interesting thing is like the way that the symbols or the consonants are like written out sort of imitates what your mouth looks like when you're making those sounds. Not directly, so don't think about that too hard, but it's there. Um, it's really, really easy to learn how to speak Korean or really easy to learn how to read Hangul. If Angelica was here, she would be able to attest this because that's the only like Korean she knows. I've taught her how to read. Um, and it's really, <laughs> once you know how to read, it like really does, it makes you feel like I think learning another language just sort of like always compounds on itself. Every time you like learn another thing, it sort of encourages you a little further to keep going and to learn something else. Like Angelica texted me the other day that she was driving through a part of town and she like read, there was a sign in Korean and she recognized one of the words in the middle and she was like, I've done it. I'm fluent. Um, and like those little moments will keep you going when you're trying to learn something. Um, okay. So tips on learning how to read Hangul. There are like a million, there are so many sources out there. Um, the one that I use and that I recommended, the one that I used and I recommend to a lot of people, um, is actually on sweetandtastytv.com. Um, this is like this, it's a nice girl who started out a YouTube channel doing like Korean lessons and she had a couple of channel of couple of seasons of uh, Korean lessons and stuff and she has since basically become like a travel vlogger and her channel is like not about learning Korean at all anymore but good for her um, but if you go to the older episodes um, she has some really great stuff and on her website um, at sweetandtastytv.com slash let's learn Korean with Professor O or you can like if you google any of those things you'll find it but she has these really great printouts where you can watch the lessons that she has on the YouTube channel about how each character sounds. Um, and then there's these printouts with like a grid and you can practice like writing them over and over again. Um, and I found that really, really helpful. So that's my recommendation for learning. Um, actually, I mean, with all of these things, it's <laughs> the answer is really just going to be like practice, practice and study all the time, uh, which is not that great. I haven't been in school in a really long time, so I'm not great at studying, uh, but I try. Um, let's see. What else should I tell you about, like, basics of learning Hangul? Um, okay, this is extremely important, and I, like, cannot stress this enough, but romanizations are not your friend. Do not use them. Don't get accustomed to them. Just don't. Like, 
I, I beg of you, don't. Um, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, romanization is when you take a Korean word and then you write it out with the Roman alphabet like that we use for English. Um, this is bad to do because the sounds in Korean are very specific um, and they don't translate to Roman letters that well, um, especially like the sound all is written like E-O, which like it, it'll confuse your brain. So I, a tip from me, if you are sincerely trying to learn Korean, like maybe take a look at the romanization once to be sure you know how to pronounce the word or whatever, and then never look at it again. Like you will be much, much better off if you just like study your Hangul and you like know how to read it and recognize it because it will get you so much farther than like writing it into English. Like it's lazy and it's, I truly think it's bad for your brain. Like, cause it's the opposite of what you're trying to do. So that's one thing I want to stress really hard. Romanizations are not your friend. Um, some other like interesting things about Korean that I feel like you should know before you start learning anything um, would be that as opposed to English, the sentence structure is completely different. Um, you do the subject first and the verb last, uh, which is something that's taken me a while to get used to, but it is very logical once you learn all of the grammar rules. Um, and another thing is just to stay to pay very close attention to pronunciation um, and practice it a lot because it is very, it is different. It's not that different, but it's different enough. Um, and things like the the consonant for L or R, it's both, ril is the name of the letter. Um, and it just sort of depends on which word, like if it's a Korean word or if it's like an English word, a cognate, if you will. Um, like sunglasses. Um, there are a ton, a ton, a ton of cognates um, because Korean is a very old language um, and there's like a lot of modern things like sunglasses or computers or whatever uh, where there's not a Korean word for that. Uh, so they use like an English word, but you have to spell it with Korean characters, which does like change a lot of things about it. Um, but that can be an interesting way to uh, get started with learning Korean. So I was trying to remember, again, like how I started with Korean, like from the very beginning and like what I did. Um, and I don't know if I went about it like the right way, but like how I went about it was like, I learned how to read first. Um, because again, I will keep stress stressing, that's the most important thing to do. Like if you do nothing, just learn how to read. Like I promise you'll feel so you'll feel really accomplished and cool if you can do it. Um, I learned how to read first. Um, and then that YouTube channel I mentioned earlier, the sweet and tasty TV one, uh, she had this whole, you know, season called K wow. And it was just like a lot of vocabulary. And I got a Korean, I got a little notebook and I assigned it my Korean notebook. And I just watched all of these videos. Um, and just like tried to build my vocabulary. Like I think at first I was just like learning a lot of nouns. Like I was, I was learning like animals and vegetables and like places around the town. Like I think you kind of have to put yourself like back in a very 
like in a childlike mindset of like, okay, if I was like a little kid and I was, you know, learning language for the first time, like what are the things they talk about on Sesame Street? Like they teach you colors and like this is an apple and this is a horse or whatever. So I think you sort of have to do that same thing uh, for yourself when you're learning another language. So I definitely started with like a basis of just like learning a lot of nouns. Um, I learned later when I was trying to like actually, because I think, I think at first I was just trying like curiosity. Like I wanted to, I just wanted to like know some things and then it was fun to be able to like, "Mm, Poto is grape. Like I know things. Um, But then when I sincerely, like, wanted to learn how to, like, say a sentence and learn grammar rules, um, I learned very quickly that verbs are so, so, so important. Um, I think it's kind of the same in, like, French and Spanish and stuff where, like, verb conjugations – are like a majority of what you need to learn. Um, like everything about making a sentence sort of hinges on the verb. And is it past tense? Is it present tense? Is it present progressive tense? Blah, 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 blah. Um, so then I started learning verbs. Um, I wish I had started with verbs earlier. Um, cause, uh, they also are very, very logical. Um, I'm afraid of being confusing on this because, like, I'm not a Korean teacher. I'm, like, not trying to give Korean lessons because I'm not qualified to do that. Um, but I did just want to, like, talk about some stuff that I do know. And, like, an interesting thing about verbs is that, like, all verbs have a dictionary form. And the dictionary form of the verb ends with da. And then when you conjugate the verb, you remove the da and you put in, you know, the ending, the verb ending that makes it past tense or makes it present tense or makes it future tense, blah, 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 blah. Um, So I think like a ton of being able to like speak and recognize Korean well is like knowing all of those verbs and like knowing the root form, like the back of your hand so that like when it's conjugated in any different way, you know what it means. Um, So like building a vocabulary is very important learn some nouns, learn some verbs. Um, I guess I should get into some like specific things of like how I have actually like learned and how I'm able to study um, because it sounds really crazy and overwhelming for me to just be like, and then learn it, learn some nouns. Like, well, where are you going to do that? Um, So I've used a lot of different resources over the past couple of years. And I think that's kind of the way to do it. If I could, you know, be so bold is that, like, I don't think that there's any one resource out there. There's not, like, a definitive book or a definitive app for your phone that, like, if you just do this, then you'll be fluent. Um, I think you need a lot of different, um, like, a lot of different resources um, because all of the things take a different approach and, like, might teach you things in a different order. Um, And I think it's good to mix that up to keep your brain working um, and to see all of the different ways that you can, you know, say a sentence. Um, So let's see. Of resources that I've used, uh, I do have Korean Rosetta Stone. Um, Pros of this is uh, if you've never used Rosetta Stone before, um, it's it's a computer program and you go through it level by level. Um, But the interesting thing about it is that there is literally no English in it 
at all. So like none handholding. Um, there are pictures. You'll see like a picture of a horse and it will say my underneath. So like that's what a horse is. Um, but again, no English. It's all written in Korean. So back to my first point that I won't give up on. You need to learn how to read Hangul. You won't get anywhere until you do it. Um, so that's a pro of Rosetta Stone. Like it really does hammer things into you. Um, it doesn't hold your hand at all. Um, the speaking sections can get really frustrating um, because it's like you're speaking into a microphone and a robot is deciding whether or not you're pronouncing it right. And it can get, I end up screaming at my computer a lot, um, but it is really good and it builds on itself like at a very appropriate pace, I think. So it, it doesn't get overwhelming. Um, but one of the cons of it is that it is so expensive. It's It's, it's obscenely expensive. I'm pretty sure... It costs like $500 or something like that. Um, it was my Christmas, like it was the only present I got for Christmas one year because um, it's it's very expensive. But I mean, if you have a birthday coming up or whatever, or a gift card that you want to blow, like uh, Rosetta Stone, it is good. It is good. And if you commit to it, you will get a lot out of it. But it is very, very expensive. Um Another resource, like I just mentioned, Sweet and Tasty TV. It's a YouTube channel. Um, the first couple of seasons of the show that she called K-Wow um, were just like a lot of vocabulary lessons, just like vocabulary words. Um, and they're fun and cute. The, like, the girl who stars in the channel wears lots of different costumes. Like she has an old lady character and she has like a dumb girl character and she has like a boyfriend character and then she's herself. So she'll do like example sentences and she's changing wigs and stuff. It's adorable. Um, but I definitely got a a vast amount of my vocabulary, like from those original videos. So I just wanted to mention them. Another one that I think is like, you might have heard of it before, because I do think it is a pretty um, well-known resource out there that a lot of people have used. And that's talktomeinkorean.com. Um, this is like a whole company of people <laughs> that literally only exist to teach people Korean. Like they're all like licensed teachers and they know what they're doing and they have so many different resources. Um, they have a podcast. It's not easy to get on podcasting apps, um, because they have, you know, it's not like 800 or something of audio clips in their podcasting feed and it's not very well organized. So if like you are listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts right now and you look up Talk to Me in Korean, like you would be scrolling for days trying to find like lesson one, episode one um, on a podcasting app. But if you go to talktomeinkorean.com and click on the curriculum tab, they do have all of the lessons like split up onto pages and you can listen to an MP3 of the podcast there. Um, and there's a PDF to go with every single lesson. Uh, the podcast is really funny. It's hosted by these two people, Hyunwoo and Kyungun. And Kyungun hates Hanwoo. Like, that's what it seems like. Like every he every example sentence she ma- he makes, she like rolls her eyes and he'll like make an example sentence like Kyungin invited me to her birthday party and she'd be like, No. And it's really their dynamic is like a little uncomfortable but really funny. Like, cause it doesn't seem like a joke. Like I really don't think she likes him very much. Um, but they're very, very informative. I feel like Talk to Me in Korean is really good for 
grammar lessons. Like, again, like I was saying, if you want to just know more than like, I know how to say table in Korean and you want to be able to like make a sentence and converse with somebody or like read something, read a tweet or whatever that's in Korean, this is what you're going to need. Um, they do a lot more of like the grammatical structure and the rules and all of the tenses and like things like that. So once you've, you know, gotten a handful of nouns and verbs or whatever, then go to talk to me in Korean and learn how to start making sentences with those things. Um, and that's just the podcast. They also have like a whole library of books and their books are so great. Uh, they have one called Survival Korean that I bought before I went to Korea that was just like, you know, sentences that you need to get by to survive, as they say. Um, they also have a whole textbook series, and every textbook has workbooks that go with it, and those are really good. Um, they're very fun and comprehensive. And then they just have, like, all kinds of fun books. They have, like, tear-out flashcard books, and they have, you know, like, picture books of, like, things around my house or, like, Everyday Korean, Volume 1 and 2. Um they're great. I just got as a present to myself, they have a 100 day study journal, um, that you're supposed to use every day to, and to log, you know, what you're learning in your Korean lessons and like keep you accountable. Um, honestly, I've probably only been using it like uh, three or four days a week as opposed to the seven I'm supposed to. But for me, I feel like that's really good because again, I haven't been in school in like a decade and I was never really great at school when I was there. So, uh, I don't know how to study very well. I'm trying though. Um, and it really does. It makes a huge difference when you think about this stuff every day. It really does make a difference. Um, so. Uh, talk to me in Korean. They also have a YouTube channel with tons and tons of YouTube videos. Um, I really do think that they're great. Um, they're very good teachers. And um, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of resources there. So that's a huge one that I recommend. Uh, as for like fun games or apps or whatever that you would have on your phone if you're looking for a more like passive way to learn and study, um, there's this game called Drops, D-R-O-P-S, um, that at least is available on iOS. I should have checked if this stuff was on Google Play before I recommended it. Ugh. But this game is really good. It's another one. Of, it's like it's a vocabulary building game for sure. Um, the free version lets you play for five minutes a day um, because I really enjoyed the game and because you can, you know, use it on your phone and your iPad. Like it'll let you have multiple accounts. And my husband also uh, speaks a little bit of like it's a thing that we've been learning together, me more so than him. But either way, I paid for the full version of this. But if you have the free version, it will let you play for like five minutes a day and you can um, earn more time by like doing well on it. Um, but it's just got like 90 categories of, you know, vegetables and fruit and around the house and at the office or whatever, whatever. And these little words like drop down from the screen in the little drop bubble um, and you can drag them around and there's like matching and spelling and just like little, little games to help you learn these words. And the it's very minimalist. Like the screen is just like nice gradients of colors and the little symbols of like white drawings. And it has like this little 
boop, boop, just like nice sounds. It's a very calming game. It doesn't, and it doesn't punish you for getting anything wrong, which I really like about it. Like if you keep messing a word up, like it's just going to keep giving you that word until you get better at it, but it doesn't like penalize you for getting anything wrong, which I think is nice. Um, so I highly recommend drops. I think it's really fun. Um, I also, just a couple of days ago, I wanted to try it so that I could give y'all a review, but I downloaded Duolingo. I know that's like a very popular app for many. Like I've, I know Angelica uses it at school. She, her kids learn Spanish for like in her classroom using it. So I know it's like a popular language app, but I didn't even know they had Korean until very recently. Um, so I downloaded it to try. Um, I tested out of the first two levels. So I like honestly don't know what it's like as a beginner. Um, but I was very confused by it at first. It doesn't really seem to teach you much. It will just like give you a sentence and you can tap on the words and like it will give you like a couple of definitions. Um, and then I was also very confused by it because it will give you a sentence in Korean and then it will give you like a whole bunch of words in English and then ask you to like translate it. And I was translating word by word. And like I said before, Korean sentences are not in the same order as English sentences. So I was translating it in the Korean order, you know, like girl goes or girl to park goes. And they wanted me to write the girl goes to the park, which was hard. At first, I like didn't know how to do because, again, like learning to speak Korean, I've like had to rewire my brain and like this game has been odd because it's like I have to think I have to think in like a couple of different ways. Um, but I guess I think I like it. Like it, it's challenging for sure. It is annoying though in that it does punish you for getting things wrong. You only get like five chances to get anything right or wrong. And if you like miss one question and it will like fail you out of the category and you only get one life like every 14 hours or something like that. So like the first day that I got it because I didn't understand how the game worked, I kept getting things wrong and I was like, oh, and I still haven't been able to get full life bars yet because it, it like really, really punishes you for getting them wrong, which like I find really frustrating. I don't like, I don't want to feel... I don't want to feel punished when I'm just trying to like learn something. Um, so I don't know if I can recommend it yet, but maybe if you have Duolingo for another language and you're really used to it, that maybe you would enjoy it for Korean. But like, I particularly like find it like punitive and mean. Um, and it's like not that pretty. I thought it was going to have like a lot of pictures or like fun stuff, but it's just literally like text on lines um, and it feels like school. But it's an option and it's free, so I wanted to bring that up. Um, a couple of like other things. Um, I've never done this, but there is a website called 90daykorean.com with like a 90, 90-day. Um, and this is like a real class. I couldn't figure out how much it costs because trying to click through the website, they like insist that you give them a bunch of information and then, then someone will contact you. And I didn't want to – I was afraid of getting spammed. But it sounds like it's like you sign up for this class and they only, you know, they only have so many spots for July. And if you can get in, then it's literally 90 days of online class. 
um, I bet it works great. I bet anything like intensive like that is probably really, really good. Um, but it's, it's a commitment. I can't imagine that it's very cheap. Um, and it's like, and so you, and you got to do it. Like if you're going to pay for 90 days of classes, like you got to do them. Um, so if you're a casual learner, I wouldn't recommend that. But if you're somebody who's like, I want to get going, I want to be fluent fast, like that might be a good option. Um, another option, like check out the community, the roster for the, or the roster. What's the word I'm looking for? The like catalog with the classes. At your, if there's a community college in your area, check out if they offer Korean courses. Um, sometimes those can be pretty, pretty affordable and like at nighttime or whatever. Um, and I bet learning Korean in a classroom setting is probably much easier. I've done all of this entirely on my own. I would love to take a class, but I'm a very, I'm a very busy grown up, so I don't have time to do that, but I would if I could. Um, and I guess, let's see, what else do I have to say? Um, yeah, what are my other tips are just like, just immerse yourself. Um, that's kind of the only thing that you can do <laughs> is to just like, you know, have, have it on the brain at all times, um, which can, which, you know, it's like, it's like a job in of itself. Uh, like for example, I know that when I first started to like, genuinely try to learn Korean. It was because I was getting very frustrated at like waiting or like not being able to find English subs for like things that I liked. And I know that's like a thing I hear or like see in memes or like around tweets or people like joking about like, I just want to be able to watch stuff without subtitles. And while that is a wonderful goal, it is a lofty one. Um, and it's like, it's not as easy as you think it would be. Um, and again, I might just be like talking out of my ass cause like I don't study that much and like maybe I would be better if I like studied more, but I have finally after four years, like gotten to a point where I can watch something that doesn't have subtitles on it, but it's work. Like if I'm watching something that's unsubtitled, I'm pausing it like nearly constantly to be like, what did they just say? And like repeating it or like pausing it to write down the hangul on the screen and like translate it in a notebook. Like watching without subs is work. Um, and it probably will be work for a, a quite a bit longer. Like I think I will have to, you know, study with an intensity that I have never before for a lot longer if I want to be able to just like lay on my couch and watch a drama without subs you know, I think I feel like that's a couple of years away because at the moment it's still like a project. I can do it, but it's like a project. So, you know, it's all it's all there. But I think you can also use that stuff to your advantage because um, I know that that's like definitely helped me a lot in my like recent attempt at trying to study more. Is that I'll find things that I really really enjoy. And then make that part of your studying. Like, for example, I was watching some Triple H videos. God, I love Triple H. But uh, they were not subtitled. So I was like, okay, then this is going to be my project. So it was like I, like I just said, I'm watching the episode. I'm pausing it, um, writing stuff down. And, like, that's something you can do, like – if if there's a variety show appearance even even if the video is already subtitled like you can still 
make it homework if you want. Like you can take a video, uh, your bias group is on a, a variety show and like, oh, there's so much hunger on the screen, whatever, whatever. Somebody says something, like the subtitles say that someone just said something really common, like, you know, how are you today? Or like, did you eat? Or what are you doing? Or some sort of common phrase that you might want to be able to know. And like, oh, it's written on the screen. Like, pause the video, write it down, break the sentence apart, like, look at it. Like, you can take, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's fun to like take the things that you enjoy and then make those your study projects. Um, it certainly makes it funner and that's, it's always good to have fun when you're trying to learn so that you don't get bored. Um, but let's see what else was there anything else that I wanted to tell y'all practice, practice, practice. And on the note of like idle stuff and like possibly like learning Korean specifically for K-pop purposes, I'll just warn y'all right now, like, idols' Instagrams are, like, not the place to, like, go and try to learn anything. Um, because a lot of idols, like most of us, like, speak internet speak. Um, and so a lot of Instagram captions are, like, misspelled in cute ways or using, like, wacky slang. Um, so the Instagram translator will translate them poorly. And if you try to translate them, it might make you feel crazy. Um, so just know that, <laughs> that like lots of, lots of people do stuff. Oh, here's the thing I should have put way at the beginning. So something to know about Korean right off the bat, like before you start learning it at all, is that there are basically three levels of Korean speech and any lessons or anything that you use will go over this but there's informal speech which you would only use with friends and people who are like same age friends and people who are younger than you or people who have expressly said you can speak informally to them formal speech which is i think the best one to focus on because it's like always it's always appropriate um so that's a good one to learn. And then there is another level, which is called honorific speech. Um, and this is like extra fancy speech that you would only use, like they use it in the military and newscasters speak in honorifics. And like maybe if you were like talking to your grandma or like your boss, like it's very, it's very, very formal language. Um, I think if you were to use it like while ordering coffee or something, it might make people uncomfortable because it's very, very formal. But like it's a good thing to know and to pay attention to um, because a lot of different resources will use different versions of these things like Rosetta Stone does formal speech, which is great. Duolingo uses honorific speech, which again, I like don't think is for every day. So it's kind of odd. Um, but like most places are never going to you teach you how to speak informally or panmal as they call it, um, because you shouldn't. <laughs> it's rude. Um, but if you were like watching TV to learn your Korean or, you know, watching V lives with your idols or whatever, like they might be using informal speech, which is like fine. But again, if you're trying to learn, like it's not the best way to go. The first time that I got corrected for using informal speech, I like wished that I 
it was truly, truly humiliating. I've never felt worse. So just like, don't do it. Like, don't do it. It's not cute. And it will really offend people. So don't speak informally. Like, just don't do it. Um, okay. So that was like probably just like a lot of noise. I don't know if any of that made any sense. I was just trying to get some tips out there. Um, if anybody has any more specific questions, I'd be happy to try and answer them. Uh, but I just wanted to get like something out, something out there, um, about how, what learning Korean has been like for me. Um, so I wanted to end this episode with a couple of examples, um, of K-pop, of Korean for K-pop, um, with a couple of words that like come up in songs quite a bit. Um, and if you learn these words now, then next time you hear them in a song, you'll have that, oh my God, I'm fluent moment and it'll make you feel so good. Um, so let's start with our very first word, which is 사랑. Yes, 사랑. So 사랑 means love, which is why you probably have heard it in so many songs because like Taemin from Shiny said a little while ago, aren't all songs just about love in one way or another. Um, so... Um, 사랑 is the noun for love, like the concept of love is 사랑. And then the verb, like I was telling you about before, where all verbs have a dictionary form, is 사랑하다. So when you conjugate that into present tense, it's 사랑해요. And that's in regular formal speech. That yo means formal speech. Um, so 사랑해요 is like, I love you. Uh, so you'll hear it in a lot of songs a lot of times. Um, it's a very, very common word. Um, and it's good to know. And you can say it to people because it's good to spread love. So 사랑해요. Um, here's our next word, which is another verb. Um, 아름다운. Yes, arumdaun. Uh, you heard it in a couple of different conjugations in those clips just then. Um, but this means beautiful, um, specifically like like a very grand type of beauty. Um, there's another word that comes up in K-pop a lot. I don't have the clips full, but I feel like I have to bring it up. Um, and that's yeppo or yeppin. Yepuda, again, all of these things like can get conjugated a whole lot of different ways, but that means pretty. But arumdaun is like beautiful. It's like a, it's a bigger, it's a bigger scale of 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 beauty. Um, so that's one that you probably hear in songs a lot. Um, let's do this next one. It's a bit of an onomatopoeia, if you will, and that is dugun dugun. So like I said before I played the clips, that's an onomatopoeia, which is, if you don't know what that word means, it's a word that sounds like the thing that it is. And so tugundugun is like, it sounds, it's supposed to be like a heartbeat. It's like heart pounding. Um, sometimes it gets translated as pit-a-pat 
for some reason. Um, but this is another common like love term that you might hear in songs like heart fluttering, make my heart beat, dugun dugun. Um, so that's a good one. Um, uh, on the same topic, like if someone makes, makes your heart go dukun dukun, it's probably because you like them, which is chwayo. Choa. Um, this actually literally translates to like, it's good. Like you can say like choa, like it's good. But I feel like in the context, most of the time in K-pop context, when it's being used like in a love song and you make it like a whole phrase and make it choayo, which again is formal and nice, choayo, like I like you. Uh, so that comes up in songs a whole bunch. Um, another one that like maybe is a little sadder and more likely to be in a breakup song, um, but that is pogo shipta. Pogoshipa. This is another one where if you literally translate it, like pogo, that comes from poda, which is to see, and shipta, which is to want. So pogoshipta is I want to see you is the literal translation, but I feel like it is always used in the same context of like I miss you. Because um, I don't know, I feel like in English I want to see you and I miss you have slightly different contexts, um, but pogoshipta I miss you. Um, so yeah, I, you'll probably hear that in quite a few breakup songs. Um, this last one that I'm going to do for this episode, uh, I feel like you're more likely to hear it at a concert as opposed to in a song. Um, and that is Sori Dila. Sori Dila. It means scream. Or like make some noise, which is where I feel like you more likely hear it like this. So I just really wanted to bring that one up, like in case you ever find yourself at a K-pop concert or whatever, and you hear the idols on stage scream, they're asking you to scream, make some noise. Um, So I felt like that was important to bring up. So you know what people are talking about. Um... Okay, that's it. That's all I have for today. Um, I hope that this was at least somewhat interesting or and not too all over the place. I feel really, really weird being all alone in the studio right now. <laughs> and I like don't know what to do. Um, so I hope that was sort of fun for you guys. Um, I'm not quite sure when Angelica will be back. I'm probably going to have to do a couple without her. So I'm not really sure what to do because uh, the next couple of things we had on our list to talk about, like I don't want to do those episodes without her. I want to talk to her about them. So um, I don't know. My husband has volunteered probably mostly out of pity to come on the show and be my co-host, but like, eh, I don't know. So I don't know what to talk about, but if you guys have any ideas or anything, or if you think that I should just take a break until Unhell goes back, that's fair too. Um, I don't know. I just really love this show and more people are finding it every day. And like, I just want I want to keep making good stuff for you guys because I feel like it's really fun. Um, but 
I don't know. If it's weird with just me, then I'll have to find something else to do. Um, but I appreciate it if you sat through this. Um, and again, if you, if the, I hope that this has inspired you to, at the very least, like I said a million times, learn to read Hangul. It's good. It's fun. And then you can say that you can read another language. It will make you feel really cool, I promise. Um, but if you have any questions about that, you can reach out to me and where to reach out to me and us. Uh, if you have, if you want to say things to an alcohol, I'll pass it on to you. But, uh, um, we can be reached at Twitter and Instagram or on Twitter and Instagram at AMA Kpop Pod. Uh, you can email us amakpoppod at gmail.com. Um, and then every week I post episode links at amakpoppod.tumblr.com. Um, I've actually been trying to use the Tumblr more lately uh, because I hate Twitter. Um, I know a lot of you guys are on it and I do love talking to our listeners on Twitter, but generally Stan Twitter makes me really, really antsy. People are like always fighting and it's just like really mean spirited. And maybe some of y'all are being like, what? No, Tumblr is the most terrible place. I don't feel that way. I've been on Tumblr for like a decade, literally. And it just, it's as a platform, it makes more sense to me. And I feel like I've carefully curated like who I'm following. And like, I don't know, I just like Tumblr better. So I feel like I want to be on Tumblr more. So if you guys are Tumblr people, follow AMA Gave Up Pod on Tumblr. Um, and then maybe I can just like blog more from that and like give my soul a break from Twitter. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's all I'm going to do today. No random game or whatever. Cause I feel weird doing it alone. <laughs> oh, I'm so alone. Okay. Um, so yeah, if you guys have any thoughts, I'm, I'm just putting it out into the world. If you have any thoughts or what should, we should do until Angelica is back, <laughs> let me know. But again, I hope this wasn't like too painful or terrible or that you learned even something. Uh, I love you guys all so much. Thank you for bearing with us. Um, and I hope that I have something good for you next week. And if not, that you'll forgive me. Uh, we love you so much. Have a good day. See y'all later. Bye. Chongyun, you're our inspiration. 